Hello and welcome to the B2B Sales Page, brought to you as ever by the I'm your host, Joe Ducaro. This episode comes from our B2B Superpowers webinar called Build a Superheroic Sales Pipeline and Destroy Dog. I was joined for this conversation by Joe Benuti, among other companies, to discuss how he reacts to a prospect drought and make sure that he has a healthy sales pipeline. This was a really enlightening chat. Joe was a great guest and shared a lot of light on this one. So without further ado, here is Joe Benuti on how to build a superhero sales pipeline. So Joe, the first thing I need to do, we need to introduce our B2B supervillain. So today, we are going up against Dr. Drought. Dr. Drought possesses the uncanny ability to parch even the most promising deals, leaving them withered and unfruitful. He thrives on creating arid conditions in the sales landscape, causing leads to dry up, opportunities to evaporate, and revenue streams to dwindle. But fear not, because our webinar is here to equip you with the superpower of consistently nurturing and maintaining a well-hydrated sales strategy. Uh, so, Joe, my first question to you as we go up against Dr. Drought is, how do you define a prospect drought and what are the common signs that a business is experiencing one? Yeah, I mean, I think that obviously the biggest thing is like, top of funnel pipeline, right? Like that's your leading indicator for everything. And I think in today's economy or what we've seen over the last, I don't know, three to four quarters, um, top of funnel has gotten tougher and tougher and tougher. And you see it hitting, you know, every stage of the way, all the way back down to close one revenue. Um, so I think for me right now, the biggest thing is not just filling top of funnel, but filling top of funnel with, with quality things that can actually close in a reasonable amount of time, right. Depending on what your average, uh, sales cycle is, but you know, that's been, I think the toughest thing with the companies that I've been working with, um, just everyone is struggling to generate top of funnel. Absolutely. So just very, very briefly then, Joe, let's, um, could you take us through the key stages of the sales pipeline and how do you effectively manage prospects through each stage? Sure. So, I mean, obviously, first, I think, is your, you know, outbound BDR team um, trying to source net new conversations. Um, then, you know, that conversation goes with an account executive. At that point, it's either qualified, meaning accepted to pipeline. So now, now it's a real deal or it missed the mark for some reason and it's not a real deal. And you're typically kicking that account back to marketing or back to your BDR team. Um, you know, and then from there, every individual account executive team has their own way of running their funnel. But, you know, typically it's accepted into pipeline, some sort of like value driver as a value agreed upon, um, some sort of negotiation and then close. So then if, the, if the, the struggle that we're discussing here today is, is the top of funnel things in a challenging market environment, as you just said, you know, through the, four, the, the past four courses, what are some innovative and unconventional ways to discover new prospects and keep that sales pipeline flowing, as it were? Yeah, I mean, I think that one of the biggest things that, that you've got to do is become hyper-targeted. I think your natural reaction, right, when the going gets tough, your natural reaction is fish with a broader net, right? If, if I've got, you know, these hundred prospects I'm trying to, to, to get a conversation with and I can't, well, let me go and just start mass blasting, you know, two and three and 400 and 500 people a day. Um, that doesn't work, right? I think that when, you know, the B2B, like, SaaS space really skyrocketed, we saw that spray and pray approach and it worked for a minute and then it got overwhelming and everybody like dwindled down to whatever their version of ABM was. I think now you need to become even more focused and realize less conversations is okay, but the quality has to be better. The days of driving, you know, 500 conversations a month 
are probably over again, depending on your, your company size. Um, but what you need to do is really focus more on conversion rates than top line conversations. You know, BDR teams that I ran for years and years and years, they were compensated on meetings occurred, you know, meetings moved to pipeline. What happens is everybody is pressing, right? Everybody feels the pressure. So the BDR, they're setting meetings that aren't that strong and they know it. The account executive who's trying to hit a revenue number is throwing all these Hail Marys and accepting deals at the pipeline that 18 months ago, quite frankly, they wouldn't have. Mm -hmm. What happens is you get a BDR that's getting paid on a meeting that wasn't that great. You have an account executive that's now reporting pipeline that we know is never going to close, but everybody's reaching, everybody's stretching. So I think you really need to narrow your focus and understand less conversations is okay. And I think that's going to be the new norm. I think what you need to do is really refine each step of your sales process so the good conversations that do come through have a way higher propensity to close. Anybody can work five deals more efficiently and give the prospect a better experience than they can 50. So push the stuff out that, that was, if it wasn't good 18 months ago, it's not good now. But get hyper-focused on that stuff that is good because there's less of it. Mm. So it got a better shot to close, but you've got to nurture it. You've, you know, you've got to have a well-trained sales team from top to bottom. Like it does seem, you know, it, it might seem counterintuitive, I suppose. Like if, you know, if you're struggling to get anything, as you say, like cast a broader net, that does make some sort of logical sense. But actually, as you say, it's the quality of those conversations that, that matter, isn't it? So how do you, how do you maintain that across a sales team to say, look, we, we understand that you've got a quota to hit, you've got targets to hit. But how do you, how do you make sure they're focusing on those quality leads rather than just the scattergun approach? Yeah, I mean, I think that one of the things that I've, that I've done a couple times now is basically mandated acceptance criteria. So it helps with a couple of things, right? One, like your BDR knows exactly what they're looking for, right? Everything from title bans to whatever matters to you, whether it's revenue or headcount or, you know, do they work with this specific tool because you integrate with it, whatever the non-negotiables are for a deal to close. Start there, right? If it doesn't have these, if it doesn't have five of these seven boxes checked, don't book it. And the AE, right, who's going to run that first call is held to the same standard, right? So I think that it's going to re like reduce some of the AE BDR friction that you see where the BDR thought it was a great meeting, the AE thinks it isn't. Like take all of that off the table. Like let's just deal with data. Do they have these five characteristics? If so, we're moving into pipeline and we are going to work it as a team, right? I think that like in other things, like the days of BDR setting a meeting and an AE just running with it and no one else being like, they, that's probably kind of gone as well. Like selling is a team sport, right? I've sold in a lot of different verticals. And, you know, what, I, what I've realized is like, I'm selling a deal to a CMO that, I don't know, two, three years ago, CMO is just signing the deal. Like we're good to go, right? He's 90 grand. We're locked in for a year. We're great. Everyone's high-fiving. Now, all of a sudden, I've got the CFO at that table. And that same account executive who may be junior that knows how to sell to VPs and, and, and CMOs in the marketing side probably is going to get tripped up when finance comes and starts asking like deep ROI questions mm -hmm. and other things. Like you've got to be able to bring leadership in. It really, really has become a team sport. And I think that like that goes back to the training comment that I made a few minutes ago. So you mentioned about focusing, you know, uh, focusing your targeting. And I think you said using data. What, what are the sort of tools that we can use to, to extract that sort of thing? And is there any, 
any sort of characteristics that really stand out to you when prioritizing target accounts? Well, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of intent data, right? Like, I mean, we've all worked with like the six senses of the world. The six senses is amazing, right? I mean, that's, I, I, I brought six senses into several different companies and, you know, they, they, they do an amazing job with like intent data. Mm. I think one of the other things that I am, I'm actually working with a company that does this is, is pre-intent, right? With all of the AI out there, and I know that there's mixed feelings about, do we resist AI? Do we embrace AI? And that's probably a whole nother episode for you. Um, but we already, we already did it, Joe. We already, it's okay. live on the lead forensics website. Go and check it I'm out. It's brilliant. I'm going <laughs> to check that one out. Um, but I do think that like, there's a lot to be said about pre-intent, right? And that's where like your sales development team and your marketing team really has to be like hand in hand, right? Because you have to have a nurture strategy. You have to have the right content in place to nurture that lead until they're ready to buy, right? Mm -hmm. Sales cycles, I think overall are going to be longer, but it's not necessarily going to be longer, like sitting in your sales pipeline. I think that like the nurturing and the preparing of a lead from the marketing first touch to the BDR locking in that, that, that opportunity to the AE running with it. Like we need to get involved. We need to be way more proactive about the companies that are in our ICP. I think that everybody is gun shy to write a check right now. Um, I think that, you know, it, it's a sad state of affairs, but a lot of people care that any wrong decision could mean their job in this economy. Um, so asking someone to write a six figure check is a big deal. Um, but if you're also, but at some point, they're going to need to buy the technology you're selling. And if you are first to them, you've already got a leg up on the competition. And that starts with like your marketing team. And like, for me, as someone that's run sales dev teams, like that's really rare for I to partner with marketing. How do we get there first? How do we get there in a non-invasive way? Let's not take this company that said, I have six months left on my current contract and have the BDR just hammer them every three weeks. That's annoying. Hmm. How do we get them something non-invasive, but also something useful? And then when it's time for the BDR to circle back, the, cold, the, the call is not so cold. They've seen your company. They've seen your logo. They, they, they've learned a little bit about you. They're probably a little more open to chatting. And that's how you, that's that first step to that quality conversation that you need to pass to the account executive. So I want to, I want to stick on the, that content piece you mentioned, Joe. So what, what role does that, obviously the content marketing, it, it does help, but are there any specific techniques that you found has won more than any other? Does it depend entirely on the, the target account you're going for? What are the sort of things that we should be creating content wise to send out? Yeah, I think obviously it depends on, you know, the, the, um, like the, the people that you're selling to. But one of the things that I have seen work best is things like webinars, right? If, if you, if it, I've always tried to run what I'm calling like campaigns, right? So it's like three or four month sprints where, yeah, there's a million different companies and verticals I can sell into. But right now I'm going to focus specifically on healthcare. Right. So old days, your BDR leader would get all the healthcare leads and slip them out across the stream, write a couple of sequences and say, okay, ready, go. Like that at the top of the call, like that, that's not, doesn't work anymore. You can't just spray and pray. As this leader of the sales dev side, you've got to go get with marketing. Say, here's the campaign I want to run. We're going to run it, you know, 60 days from now. What can you do to help support this effort? Right. Now they can do some creative targeting on LinkedIn. Um, hopefully if, if it's like, you know, a large enough marketing team, you can put together some sort of a webinar. Um, it's not just these newsletters. Everyone's inundated with newsletters and like, not to say they don't help, but you've got to do something a little more interactive. Um, run 
virtual executive roundtables, um, you know, marketing, go and do roadshows. Like we're, we're, we're back in person, right? The conference season is going to roll around again. Like yep. do a happy hour, but be targeted. I think like, you know, the old days of conferences pre COVID, it was like these blanket invites, 6,000 people at a happy hour. You know, like, I mean, I was, I've been on company, I've been with companies that did that and they're great. And I meet a lot of people and I shake a lot of hands, but why not drill that thing down to like your top 50 instead of 600? Because that me is me is your VP or your head of marketing, head of sales, whoever's there, you're going to shake every hand and have a way more meaningful conversation. And that's where it all starts. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've met someone, whether I was the purchaser or whether I was the seller, met someone at a conference, you know, had a drink at happy hour, thought they were a great person. And then six, seven, eight, 10, 12 months later, I'm in the market for what they do. I'm calling that person because the thing that hasn't changed or won't change is people buy from people they like. That's why I buy the same software from the same person, company after company after company. I know what works. I know where the good like, sales reps are, people that I trust, people that I've worked with, and I know they have good support teams. So foster those relationships rather than just shipping 64 rounds of drinks and shaking a bunch of hands and forgetting half the people you talk to. Like you got to make an impression. You spend a ton of money on these marketing events, but I'd rather do a higher value event for less people mm. than just bring, you know, a, a hundred people into some bar and with no structure. A hundred percent. And and just to, to go back to the webinar things, obviously I run the webinars for Lead Forensic. I know there are certain people who, if we needed a certain thing, I would immediately go, well, we did, we did a webinar with, right. you know, X person. I've definitely yep. got a contact there. Let's go and see what they can do for us. So, yeah, and I think it does work both ways. I, I experienced it recently myself. Like I saw somebody who I was, who I'd had as a guest and um, really enjoyed their company of, they mentioned the company of a previous guest. And I just went into the, their LinkedIn post and said, hey, you should really talk to this guy because they're, they're a fantastic speaker. You'll get on really well with them because I've spoken mm-hmm. to you both. I know and made that introduction, hopefully, that means that something will come of it. And you never know that that's yeah. not happening to you. You know, it might, it might happen, Joe, that you, you go, oh, do you know what? I really need to think about, um, you know, uh, lead generation and inquiry generation. Oh, that Joe from Lead Forensic. You never know. It might happen. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, but it does. not I can give you, I mean, I, I, there's a couple of examples that just popped to the top of my head. Um, years ago, when I first started Sendoso, I flew out to New York for, for an event and I was one of the speakers. Um, First time I had ever met uh, Nicholas, the CEO of Chili Piper. We ended up both doing our little speech. We end up chatting. Nice to meet you. And he says to me, why aren't we customers of each other? I'm like, I don't know. You have more pull than me. I'm like three months in. You won't. You're the CEO. Uh, long, story, long story short, three months later, we're customers of each other. Um, you know, same thing happened I did not, on another panel I spoke on in person in San Francisco. One of the guys I was on the panel with. Um, Hey, I need a data provider. He's like, Hey, you know, we're kind of looking at this direct mail thing. Next thing you know, we're customers of each other. Like that's how that works. Um, like, you know, yeah, like that's separate from like the happy hours, but you've got to put like your leadership in positions to make like these meaningful connections as well. I mean, on a similar sort of vein, like I know that's sort of, you know, we've talked about a personal, um, sort of, you know, evidence of social proof. Are there any tips you can offer for any tips you can offer, sorry, for leveraging social proof or even advocacy during a drought? Is there any value in saying, hey, this is our trust pilot or G2 score or anything like that? Um, 
so are you, are you talking like in during an in-person conversation or like when you're just prospecting like, well yes yeah, sorry yeah as as we're prospecting perhaps we've targeted a thing you know is there much value in that or is it more as you said the personal route i think initially it has to be personal right i think once you've earned earned a conversation then the gt the g2 scores and awards and accolades and roi and all that those like cliche like data terms that like the buzzwords like then you can dump all of that mm. the way that i look at this is marketing it, it's it's like a couple of steps right marketing basically should be warming up the entire database right we all know that they should be passing the leads to sales development sales development should then be having like human to human conversations right i was talking earlier about nurturing right pre-intent if marketing is doing their job in a very non-invasive way you as my potential prospect are going to see my logo. You're going to see my company. You're going to see all this stuff about this company. And that is why you as an employee of, of, of lead forensics should care about what I'm doing. Yeah. Right. Step two is now you've, you know, you've interacted with us a little bit, right? So like now, now your lead score is climbing. So now I should start prospecting you saying, this is why you as the VP of marketing should care about what I'm doing, right? You already know why you should care for your company. Now you by title. Here is why you should care about what we do. And by the time that the BDR or the sales rep actually connects with you, it should be a very human-to-human conversation. You're no longer a VP of sales at XYZ Company. You're now Joe. And I know you because I've done my research because I don't have 6 million other prospects. You've interacted with my content, so I know you have an idea of who I am. So now, like, I want to know, like, where'd you go to call? Anything you find about your social, right? Like, now I'm trying to build that relationship and drive a conversation versus just, you know, info dumping. Hey, I'm calling from this company. We have this ROI. We're growing by 10 eggs. We got this fun. Like everybody has the same stuff. Everyone has that same elevator pitch. So go and be human, like form a relationship. Gotcha. A hundred percent. I'm also very excited, Joe, that uh, you've promoted me to VP of marketing. Uh, you're very much yeah, you're, you're, telling you're, us you're a lot of promotions in this conversation. <laughs> I've done very well in a very yeah. small space of time. Yes. Um, I want to get a bit more into something that comes up pretty much every time I do a, a webinar. I've actually got two points that I want to bring up that come up in every podcast webinar I do for Lead Forensic. What can we do to ensure that we're keeping a strong and positive mindset when things are tough, if we're facing a lot of rejection or not finding enough prospects? Yeah, I, mean, I think that that really goes back to your sales leadership team, right? Or marketing leadership team. Um, celebrate the hell out of the win. Make sure that People who are struggling know it is still possible to win. There are people winning. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. And, you know, when you look at like the frontline managers, like one of the things I would always tell like my frontline managers is sure, have your standups, have your one-on-ones, but do a virtual happy hour. Do some, get online and play a game. Like, you know, most companies are at least hybrid, right? There's not a ton of companies that are hundred percent in the office anymore. So like that, like, Building momentum off each other is so hard to capture. Like, I remember, you know, when, when you know, the last company I was in office with was Sendoso, and we moved in, you know, we had this small little space in the early days, and we moved into this beautiful, like, Pentos apartment. You know, we, we didn't, we didn't, we, we did not like the gong, so we had a bell. Um, and, like, that bell would ring all day, and, like, people would just get charged up, charged up. And, like, it's so hard to capture that virtually. Mm. So you've got to do other things to make, make your team friendly. Make your team feel like it's okay to Slack or make a phone call or text like one of their peers for help. 
because I can no longer be the struggling BDR and sit next to you who's the top performer and just listen to what you're saying. I can't do that anymore. So I've got to be very intentional to ask you for help, and I've got to be comfortable with you to ask you for help. And the only way that's going to happen is by leadership fostering a culture of celebrating wins and driving some sort of team camaraderie, whether it's through, like I said, virtual happy hours, go play a game, whatever it is. But we always have tried to do that, you know, at least once a month, maybe every other week. Um, it is time away from production, but I think that um, th- there's a big reward at the end. Yeah, absolutely. Just fostering that, like you said, the camaraderie, particularly in a virtual environment. Yeah, it's it's so important. I think, yeah, I think that's why it, it, it comes up a lot of mindset and th- just those little just those little tiny little things like, you know, if you're playing a silly game or something, it does really, really help, doesn't it? So mm-hmm. yep. uh, I did mention I had two things that I talk about in every webinar I do. Here's the second one I want to speak to you, Joe. And actually, you did bring it up earlier. Um, are there any AI tools that we can implement to help us during a prospect drought at all? Well, I mean, one of the companies I'm working with right now um, is called To Expand, um, And they are doing a lot of AI-driven, um, you know, pre-intent work. So if you have a marketing team that has some content and understands how to nurture, like that's a really, really good place to go. Um, their AI will tell you a couple of months before this company is actually in market. So, um, you know, that, that's why I've gotten involved with them. I think that they're really, really onto something. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of the tool that I've, that's been my go-to for the last couple of months. Um, and obviously I've been working with them. So, you know, I, I think that like, that's a very, very interesting space. And I think it's really going to grow uh, exponentially because it has to, right? Sales teams are running leaner. Marketing teams are running leaner. Uh, we talked about deals being stuck and frozen and top of funnel being stalled. Like you've got to try something new because praying and praying isn't the answer. So you've got to get targeted. That's how you do it. A hundred percent. I'm very pleased to hear Joe that your dog was in agreement with us there for that, uh, yeah. that point. Of yeah. I told you before we got on, he was probably going to bark at them. <laughs> Well, Joe, you've uh, you've offered up some incredible value and insights to our audience here. I am going to start to wrap up our conversation now. If I could just ask you for one final top tip, what's the one key thing you want everybody watching this to take away from them today? Um, process. You need to have a process and you need to stick to that process. I think it goes back to the very first thing I said. Like there's a lot of, of angst. There's a lot of panic out there. The easiest thing to do is fall into terrible prospecting habits by blindly emailing, blindly calling, and mass blasting. All you're going to accomplish is probably getting your domain blocked. Get a process, follow that process, and trust that process. It's not, listen, the job's never been easy. Uh, It's probably harder now than ever. But if you can focus in, do the same things you need to do every day, um, eventually, things will click, right? One meeting will turn to two, two meetings will turn to three. And then before you know it, you know, you've got conversion rates and, and things are closing. So the biggest thing I, I preach to people right now is stick to the process, even though some days it feels like you're just running into a wall over and over again. It is a marathon, not a sprint in the long term. It'll work out. Trust the process. Amazing stuff. Joe, thank you so much for sharing your B2B superpowers with us today. Remember to keep an eye on Meet Forensic Socials for news of our upcoming webinars. And we will see you again very, very soon. Joe, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Joe. It's been fun. Well, there we go. That was Joe Venuti on how to build a superheroic self pipeline. Remember to subscribe to the B2B Sales Playbook podcast for and five-star where possible. We'll be back next week with another episode of B2B Sales Playbook.